1: That within local government from 1999 till death, we have never been to the Senate, leading to critical social, political, and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone, so it is his turn to chop. So, today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the timidity, the audacity to talk to a governor who still produced produce the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his
2: own boy would be The best journalist are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As of the time that Swarm left office, that was in 1983. There was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously? Join Zach Fire and Gilbert Joseph as the talk to those that matter to enable
1: you grip with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at sunset
2: on J101.9 FM. No, 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 Hello there, very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jos. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a very beautiful Monday evening. Today is 14th of August, 2023. We're so uh, grateful, you know, the gift of life and uh, the beauty of a good weather. I would say today throughout has been pretty, mu- pretty much warm. Uh, the sunlight has been gracious to us and I hope that it has been gracious to you. Because for me personally, it has been gracious. While Gilbert Joseph is going to join because uh, he's uh, on an official assignment, so he's going to join any moment from now. And of course, you know that I'm definitely missing him because this is not how the show is or should be, you know, according to me. I mean, that is my personal opinion. But of course, I know that you enjoy the company of uh, my dear colleague Gilbert and myself as well. Well, a lot of stories were following. Uh, I would like to start with the issue of the dollar. Well, a lot of international think tank organizations have predicted that dollar to Naira exchange may hit one thousand, $1 to 1000 Already over the weekend in some part of Nigeria, especially in Lagos, people were purchasing dollar at the rate of 960 Now, Economists of high repute have lambasted, you know, uh, some of the economic policies of uh, President Tinibu, especially taking off uh, the removal of wealth subsidy. While some are saying that that is a good thing to do, others are saying that no, that government all over the world subsidize one uh, item, you know, especially if it serves as public good. Now, on this prediction that the dollar may hit 1000 naira to one dollar. Oil marketers, or shall I say oil marketers, but those in charge of lifting and, of course, in, uh, importing our crude, our oil, petrol, are saying that the cost of uh, petrol may go up as high as ni- 720 naira per one litre. And you know that if you touch the price of petroleum, everything in this country will skyrocket. The price of goods and services will definitely go up. So people are asking why will the president or why should the president or why did the president you know allow for the free fall of the naira or what he termed floating of the naira because of course he said that uh market forces should control the naira or the dollar whatever it is now nigerians are truly really suffering imagine i was at a store on i think over the weekend or close to the weekend about the weekend uh, let me be conservative to say that woman came to buy one mood of rice and she asked how much is the price they told her 1,300 1, naira. and then the following day I went to that uh, uh, store again and co- in, uh, just by chance coincidentally a lady came to I mean I saw it's like they were back from uh, maybe a function I do not know but I saw her with three of her kids and she wanted to buy one mood of rice perhaps you know to cook lunch for them and then she asks how much is the price? Then they told her that one thousand three hundred and fifteen era. So just imagine, just twenty-four hours after, I mean the price of one mood of rice will skyrocket by fifteen era. And it's difficult for families, you know, to plan. Planning is very, very difficult right now. But what will we do? And that's why you hear Nigerians who say that no God could God deal for us, you know, and things like that, that we have gone. But I think that God has given human beings the mind to solve, you know, human problems. I think the only time we need human a uh, divine intervention is when we need a miracle, because miracle is something that is uh, supernatural; it defies human logic. But you find that governments are making policies, and the poor. In fact, I, I was in a taxi, you know, some time ago, and the driver of that taxi captured it very well when he said that the government did not remove fuel subsidy that is the poor people the masses are the ones paying for the subsidy right now when i sat back i went home i gave it a thought i said this kind of make meaning and it makes sense you know uh to me it kind of makes sense you know uh, to me, especially economically Yesterday, Pastor Tunde Bakari came out to, in a State of the Nation address, he lambasted his uh, political ally, that is Ashwajibola Ahmed Tinubu, the president of the country. And one thing that he said that really struck me was that Tinubu is making some decision by impulse. And that really got to me. By impulse. It really got to me. I mean, because uh, how did the president announce the removal of fuel subsidy? He said it. On the first day during his acceptance speech no no acceptance but in an oath-taking speech inaugural speech he said that full subsidy is gone before you know it 24 hours after uh people you know began buying fuel at 617. and this is despite the fact that the nnpc or oh, uh is a private company right now but government has a major shares inside the md Kiari came out to say Nigeria. I mean, we have patrol that will take Nigeria up until December of this year. So lots of lots of you know uh, questions. But back to Pastor Tunde, you know uh, Pastor Tunde Bakaris' uh, State of the Union address. He said that President Tinubu should kill corruption, not Nigerians, and that really struck me. Because uh, we're in the month of August right now, we're halfway through August, and I definitely know that if you're a parent, your kids will bring your circular that foil, uh, uh no school fees, tuition fees increased. What are you gonna do? living wages has not increased the nlc and the news are saying that you know the minimum wage, the only acceptable minimum wage is 200 thousand wages has not increased cost of living is skyrocketing people are finding it very difficult to even buy essential you know commodities is 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 very very i mean just take a walk you know around maybe your neighborhood or uh, just sit down and have a chat with that woman selling kunu or i mean just talk with people Everybody is feeling the brunt, the heat of this economy. It's not easy on anyone. It's not, Is never, I know for a fact, you know, what I'm saying, because there are some people that, you know, I know that uh, God has blessed them. But, I mean, if you go to them right now for even, you know, uh, to invest in something, they will say, please, please don't, don't bother me. I have enough, you know, I have a lot on my plate. So these are the issues. But on the other hand, what the state and, what the state and local government get from the FARC you know, account is going to be a lot. The question is, are we going to keep an eagle eye on our governors to see how they will spend this money that they are getting from the federation account? That is the big issue. Well, I have Honorable Daniel Asama. He contested for uh, members to represent, just not Basa federal constituency, but uh, well, uh, Providence deem it fit that this is not the time for him to represent the people he so much love. Uh, but next time, and I believe that uh, he's going to make it. Good evening, Honorable Daniel Asama. Thank you very much for coming, sir. so it's good
3: to be here. Yeah. Good <laughs> so evening, listeners. Good evening. I hope well
2: let me ask you a question what cream is it that uh, you're having you're eating very well you know you're shining uh, people are looking gloomy in this economy but you are smiling What's, what's the secret well contending
3: i mean, I mean i'm a believer Contentment is uh, is, uh, is the yasty
2: can you be content with nothing or next to nothing
3: actually no i'll tell you i'm a realist at the same time <laughs> so you cannot be content with nothing but at a point where pushes come to shove you have no option but to believe in something. So for me, I basically try to leave to my reach. They say you your your And to your side,
2: yeah.
3: And I also, I'm careful uh, now that the is showing yellow, yellow line, light, careful about what is it necessary and what is not. So I'm just uh, doing scaling of preferences and I, I, I'm just trying to be content. Guess what? I'm also a very good listener of Mali, you know? Every little thing is going to be alright. You just have to be optimistic. You just have to be optimistic. You, you know, there, there was a story about the climbers that climb uh, Mount Everest. Everest. On the other side, it's a different country. On uh, the other side, is another country. Mm-hmm. The country to the, to the right hand side. If you drop down to die, you will. It's, it's closer to us if you draw from the right hand side. Mm-hmm. If you draw from the left hand side, it's longer to that. So he said, if you want to live long, you drop to the left. But it's take you longer time. Interesting. Interesting. No matter how bad the situation mm-hmm. is, you just have to find something that will keep you going until you have some light.
2: What do you think of uh, President Tinubu's economic policies? 29th of uh, May, he announced in his inaugural speech that look, subsidies gone. Uh, For you know, started selling at uh, exorbitant six hundred and seventeen per liter, and he said that uh, government will ha- no would not have any control of the dollar. You know, let the dollar, let the market forces, you know, determine the price of the dollar. What do you think? You know about? Uh, will you do you support the phrase or word used by Pastor Tundi Bakare that the decisions of Tinubu is impulsive, and he act before he thinks instead of thinking before
3: acting we do respect to the president but I think uh, really to backer even as controversial as he might be this time around I am on his side I'm telling you Mossad, that was very impulsive I, I talked about it we were listening with a few friends I, I sat there to listen to the inauguration okay and I was sad that he had to do that I was actually expecting amateur people who had not been in government mm. to be able to do that kind of a mistake? Mm. But the thing that Tinibu should have remembered is once, you know, you are the C N C, the mm-hmm. chief executive of a government of a country that is, a, is the strongest economy in Africa right now. Mm. So the whole world is watching; everything is watching. Those of us who have done some kind of uh, trading or some kind of activity in in the trading marketing, you will understand that speeches by people like in government or speeches by people who are in power changes the the entire trade system of the world. So if a government like Nigeria with about 200 million plus people are listening with about 60 percent of those 2 million plus people, 2 million plus families, 60% of those families are doing some kind of trading. In a way, they are doing some kind of commercial activity commercial to keep activity. To meet. Yeah. And then you come on air on your very inauguration day and you said, subsidy, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. As a president, once you assume the office of a president, not a president please, a chief executive, chief even executive. of a local government, yeah. every, every talk you talk beyond your bedroom is official Mm -hmm. everything you say maybe people will not understand that's why um the president will not go to the same club it will he will not hang out in the same place you hang out you will not just find him catching fun even if he's playing golf things he will say at the golf course are already official everything about you remains official until the day you leave that office Mm -hmm. once you leave your bedroom it's everything about you is official. There is no joke. You don't, you don't throw jokes around and just say things for saying sake. I do not know how he thought about it, that he said that he truly put the cart before the horse. He shouldn't have done that. I think he jumped the gun. Truly, I don't, I would tell you, since 1972... When uh, the junta or the time of Yakubu uh, Gowan mm. started the issue of removal of subsidy in Nigeria, yeah. it was done again in 1983 during the transitioning of uh, Bengida and yeah. Shou Shou Shagari. Shou Shagari. And all of these were subject to our economy and fueling and, and uh, petroleum and all of that. It is not bad. Let me just say this for the sake of those who may not understand all this subsidy thing that we're talking about back mm. and front. Government around the world removes subsidies. Government around the world. Yeah, but, but, but the time determines so, what kind so of product does you know, the government yes, take subsidy. The one then. thing that is to the credit of every Nigerian is that subsidy is the only time you get the direct benefit of your government. You get a direct economic benefit of your government. It's in subsidy. Don't miss that. But now, when it's becoming an indirect benefit, it, it's become prob- it becomes problematic. Mm-hmm. And like Tinder Bakery said, I'm with him 100%. You should have created the syntax and created the design, the algorithm of how you wanted to execute this before you come on air or before you even dare to tell people that this is going to go. And even if he had said it on a speech on that inaugural day and he backdraw and said, okay, I'm not removing subsidy yet. I'm going to do this and do that and do that before I remove the subsidy. But he went mm-hmm. ahead and continued what he said on the inaugural speech and take off subsidy. And now the very direct benefit of the Nigerian is taken away from him. Mm. I America, for example, subsidized healthcare. America even subsidized you growing old. America subsidized Agriculture, America subsidized agriculture, subsidized education. Pronce, you know very well that you can go to school in America from when you went you go to school until you get your degree without any money but then you subsequently will pay you can pay up to uh, 50 years down the line you are paying your school fees I have yeah. friends that are still paying school fees tuition, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like they're paying tuition and it's like 20 years after they're out of university so all of those are because the government subsidizes education subsidize you can subsidize our uh, health care you can subsidize a lot of things but you cannot leave people without subsidy it is just not right the only thing I'm frowning about the whole of this, maybe two things. The Mm. first one is that you don't, you you should have created the suco. you should have created the landing ground, you should have created a structure of how you want to suit the pain of the people when you take out the, uh, the, the, the subsidy. Because, of course, you know, the economy will bite. For example, if you're going to take our subsidy and you're going to create a, a, a government transport system mm. for people that are going to use, if if all of this subsidy was not uh, is taken away and we have very efficient rail rail system, very efficient buses plying uh, our roads, very efficient uh, taxis and every uh, uh, government subsidized transport system, people wouldn't necessarily uh, complain that much. And again, you did that. And then you're creating something that you said the poor of the, the poor is or something that you want to give some kind of handout for people at the end of the month that we don't even have records in this country. There is no central database. You don't even know the number of Nigerians we truly have. We don't know how many are Nigerians, how much are Nigerians, how much are from Benin and Ghana. Yeah. We don't even know. We don't even know ourselves. We don't We don't have a central data system that truly captured the system. You go to the bank today, they ask you for your BVN. They ask you for some rec- documentation. You go to do driver's license. They take another of your uh, bio data. data. You go to do a population commission. They take your bio data. Everywhere you go, the, gov- the federal government is taking your bio data more than five different places, yeah. which it should be in one central place. Well, so all of these things are not feasible. Well, all of these things are not feasible. That's why Bakari said he was impulsive. It, it was truly impulsive, but he could reverse it. I mean, there's nothing about that. You could reverse it and said, okay, we are revisiting but, this policy.
2: But, I mean, the rating of the uh, president or the administration
3: is going to go low if he chooses to revert. Wouldn't you? No, not necessary. Not necessary. Government have revert policies in so many ways. There are different ways you can play this card. It's a card. But, you can but, play it in different if, ways. Yeah, Let
2: me take you back to 2012. We've had this conversation with someone. And, you know, I've written extensively, you know, uh, in different platforms about what i'm about to uh, ask former president jonathan when he was about uh, taking off subsidy consulted far and wide you know coordinating minister of the economy and finance at the time madam ungozio conjure well cbn governor uh, lamido sanusi uh, and the economic team of former president jonathan traversed the light and breadth of this country Tinubu and Bakari are some of the people who said that in fact I, I I have one of the clips that he said they will take up the subsidy and share the money but former president Jonathan said he brought a scheme called Shopee subsidy reinvestment program subsidizing you know, transportation are you and right now we're back to that debate but one thing that Tinubu did not do was that uh instead of you know um planning for post subsidy removal you know term he took off subsidy, and then his planning. Do you think why they fought President Jonathan at the time was simply because he was a mi- from a minority uh, group in Nigeria or that uh, his economic policies were not sound enough?
3: What's your thought? You, you see, uh, governance is very tricky. And as much as power is transient, government is tricky. You, the strength of a leader is his vulnerability. I've learned that over time. When you come proving you know all, you actually fail. But when you come open-minded and willing to listen, you actually have a high rate of success. The thing is, I was, I was expecting Tinubu to have done that. Like we said, let me say it again. I truly felt he was impulsive. He jumped the gun. We do respect to him as a president, but he can make mistakes. He's a human being. He can ret- retract his words and retrieve and make amends. Everybody who has economic policies and understanding of how governance and economy of the whole world functions will understand that this was wrong. You jumped the gun. You, 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 you put the cart before the horse. It's not right. The simple thing is Goodluck Jonathan did very well on that. Even at that, like that was why I was telling you that as controversial as Tunde Bakary is. But Tunde Bakary is just proving his point because he revolted against Goodluck Jonathan yeah, in 2012. F- yeah. That's why he's revolting again you get that's his point so, so he, he, what he, what
2: is his position right now i well, mean if if i'm going to judge where does uh, pastor baker you know stand right now because in 2012 and it appears to be that maybe he didn't read through the economic policy of former president jonathan he just you know had a maybe political vendetta against Oh I, I do not know let me not bring any phrase here but if someone that you know sat back and really thought through you know what for president Joe, I mean for me as an honorary i am oh, yeah, feeling no.
3: the pain this is 11 years after Professor, and you are taking us back again I'm I am, I am not I'm not going to hold a brief for pastor baker here I, even at that time I was angry that Pastor Bakari will come on air and join the forces of fighting what good was doing. Because I know about Shopee. I looked at the Shopee program and I thought it was good. Every government has a problem of implementation. If Absolute No matter right. how good your policies are, if you don't have the right house implementing, it will be biased or so it will go wrong. The program, it, it, he was having a very good program. After Shopee, he still brought out, what is it that they were giving this young man, 10, 10 million naira. Uh, you win. You win. He brought up, you win. He brought, he, he's got something. He got something substantially ready before he took out subsidy. That's just the point we're saying. The implementation is one thing. You may frown at the implementation, but then he had something. So what I'm saying is that Tunde Bakare at that time, I am not... I'm not, truly, I'm not truly siding with Tunde Baker in the fact of that he's absolute. Because this time around, I'm, fact, I'm siding with him on the fact that uh, the president jumped the gun. But I am not, like he's been so controversial to me in so many ways. All, all, all since his political career, from mm-hmm. the time he was deputizing for Buhari and in season out and then season back again, and all of that. I've been, I've been questioning how he's thinking politically. But, but that's, his, that's him as a person. He's, yeah. he's entitled to whatever he wants to think and say. But I will tell you, I will tell you sincerely that this one is very wrong i feel I feel pained that um uh, the vulnerability that I believe Tinibu will come with, he's jumping it. I, I trusted that Tinibu was going to be vulnerable because how, that's how he led Lagos. Mm-hmm. He led Lagos by the fact that I don't know all. I'm going to bring Fashola. I'm going to bring Osibandu, The Lagos I'm gonna is not Nigeria. I'm going to bring everybody. I'm going to bring them in so that we'll see if we can make forces and make Lagos work. I thought he was going to repeat the same in a bigger form when he had Nigeria. Where? I do not see. I do not foresee him implementing such thing and insisting on it. You know, this, uh, no, I don't want to jump and, and, and juxtapose things too much. Mm. But it's the same thing he's about to do with the whole Nigerian uh, uh We're going thing. to come to that. So yeah. I am not happy that you are doing a policy. You, you, are, you are removing subsidy without having some system that is going to cushion the, the effect, effect yeah. of that. Oh yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you one thing before we go on that. Yeah. The thing is this. What I understand Tinibu is doing now, he's taking out subsidy. And all that he's getting from the subsidy, he's putting it back in subventions. You know? So, if you... So, what if the government steal, uh, the, government steal the money? That's what I'm saying. How so is he going to hold them doing, to account? He's doing the worst. He's doing the worst. There were a few individuals that you were giving that subsidy to. And by records, you should know them. And you can pin them down and insist that they implement what you're giving them the subsidy for. Correct. It's simpler for me. Correct. Because these are people without any clothes or immunity on them. But the federal, the constitutional federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999, as amended, mm-hmm. has a immu- immunity clause on chief executive, especially governors. That means you, as a president, don't have control over the governor. Correct. So you have control over these people you've been given subsidy to, and you're not able to nip them in the bud. It is this other guy who you don't even have sub- control over that you can control. How, how are you thinking? Well. You, you, can, you couldn't control marketers. Oil marketers who are independent, who are out of the constitution, who are They don't citizens, have any uh, immunity. immunity. They're business you people. You not control them and hold them accountable to the money you've been giving them. How else, how can you dare hold governors accountable? Well, so they will just do whatever they want to do with the money. Yeah. It's still back to what we are saying, Robin Peter and giving Paul. The poor man is still at the heat.
2: Yeah, well, let me introduce my colleague, my dear colleague Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening, thank you very much you made it uh i know that the official assignment can be tough but here you are
4: thank you thank you so much and um, i've listening to you i've listened to you every step of the walk of the way i traffic can be what it is in this town
2: i don't understand that
4: good evening thank you good evening honorable servant yes gilbert good to see you again
2: I don't know do you want to take the next round of question or let me just uh, continue with him and then you yeah, come I'll in go ahead. okay okay thank you well let's talk about the Nigerian issue right now a uh, lot of analysts in fact pastor Tunde Bakari made allusion or implied that our president may be carried away by what's going on in Nigeria forgetting that Nigerians are the one that gave him the mandate Echoes was just a body and they uh, they made him you know the chairman. What's your take, you know, about that? First, he said that, look, we're marching in, uh, using force as an option, that's equals, But the military junta in, you know, Niger said, well, we don't care. But right now, they are saying that we're open to dialogue. But Mohamed Bazoum, the... Uh, uh, yeah, pres- the, um, the Syl uh, President of Niger Republic, has been charged with treasonable felony right now. Talk to us about... What do you think of the leadership style of Tinibu, especially in addressing the uh, issue in Niger? Do you think that he was impulsive again? Or uh, do you think that he's forgetting that Niger- Nigerians are the ones that
3: should get more of his time? Um, I, w- I will be thinking that Tinibu should know this better. And back to Tunde Bakare's words. I would really will say yes. I think Tinibu again, once again, is being impulsive. I think as a president, not just a president, every kind of leader, even from our homes, those of us who are head of families, you know you have to take time before you make decisions. As simple as a decision of which school is my child going to go. Mm. It's not just easy. You just take time to make that. You don't just make things happen in a day. You don't blink your eyes and say things. Especially when the gavel, when you have a scepter in your hands. You see, really invading a country is one thing you don't want to do in any case and the second thing is even if it is not invading if mm. you think you are going there for whatever even if it, I don't know what to call this mm. are you going for peacekeeping are you invading are you going to correct I don't know what anybody was thinking but the thing is this there are so many ways to do this but the last option is the very first one you took so you you've put in all your cards on the on the deck the whole deck on the de- on the table you, you play the cards wrong. It is the last card you should play. This is your ace. This is the last thing you should play. This is your arsenal. This is the last brink. You only do this when every other channel is not working. That's how I understand this. Uh, That's use of force. Conflict, from peace and conflict resolution, you oh, know force, this yeah. point. Yeah. Use of force is the last thing, very last things. The bad thing about wars... You, you can you know when to start but you never know when they finish, end yeah, you finish. know and no matter how little words are they are economically impactful to a nation mm-hmm. and then it reverses to be mental and it could be anything it could be psychological in the reverse so why did you even want to engage these people with your last option did we sit on table and talk with these rebels so-called rebels do we because what i'm understanding we are calling them rebels by the books but if you look at the social the, the social governance part of the thing is these are the people of the land you, you know the masses the entire people of niger are even happy about the junta they're not even they even they even with the so called rebels they're not even against the rebel they're even happy that the government is taken over by Brazil, from Brazil. so the thing here is why would not echoes now When things are going bad, why didn't you start with dialogue? Why didn't you start with some kind of consultations? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you start with talking to these people? Maybe you should have just talked to them on phone. Maybe you should visit them and talk to them. And then things started getting south, and then the government started thinking, right, I heard that, uh, I, I saw uh, the former, the deposed emir of uh, Kano yeah. uh, went there. The and, Islam then, and then the Islamic, Muhammad. the northern Islamic clerics are, are asking uh, uh, Tinibu to, to wait. They, they want to go in there and see if they can talk to people. These are all things you should have done before you even uh, start to think of uh, militar- militarizing the whole situation. Uh, because to tell you the truth, there are so many interests now like you see. Russia is coming with interest. France is having its own interest. And all these uh, uh, francophonic countries around the Sahel are also having their interest. And they are actually supporting more Niger in that. So it will be be at the end of the day, you're going to put Africa on a place that we don't want to. It may start like you think it was just a peacekeeping thing that you're doing. And then you you get yourself in trouble. This is the trick, though. I know... Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what Tinibu is going through, but I have a perspective of what he's going through. You, you're feeling I am the aircorps chairperson. I need to prove I've got this mantle. I, I can do it. You know? That's pride. Correct. You know? And then if you if you if you push by that, then you put everybody in trouble. Okay. So everything, everything like I said. Everything that he has done so far that is not going well to me looks impulsive. It looks like he's just taking uh, actions that he's not thinking of the consequences. And there are unintended consequences that are happening. And he should learn from the subsidy. He should learn that as a president, letting loose my guards and letting loose my tongue can bring unintended consequences. For from that, you should learn not to also take a simple step and say quickly. The same thing he did with the subsidy. You jump to the end. And now again, you're jumping to the end to go to Niger. Did we have, did we have all the options to and then they're not working? That you need to go to war with Niger? I, I, I don't want yeah. to see that happening. And I'm thinking, possibly, he has pressure behind that we do not know. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate your analysis because it's helping
2: me understand why Pastor Bakari chose that word of impulsive. Yeah, You know. I um, think it
3: was the right word. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have used a different word.
4: Yeah, well, Gilbert, yeah. yeah. Um, let's stick to the... Issue, Nigeria Republic, mm-hmm. and probably look at the implication back home politically mm-hmm. for Mr. President. Mm-hmm. He's just began serving his first tenure, mm-hmm. and he has close to four years to complete just one tenure. And after which, perhaps, like other politicians before, he might want to run for election again. Mm-hmm. Should he go ahead? And thankfully, you know, the Jewish community that visited Nigeria Republic have been given some ear to speak to the guys there and which means we might not see some military action but what are the implications of some of the steps that he has taken politically you know in the north you have these number of states sharing borders with nigeria republic and you have seen how angry they became you know after those pronouncements despite the senate's resolution not to allow nigeria to get
3: into war we do respect to nigerians but i don't know what to call this I don't know if it's a short-term memory or we have such a flexibility in terms of our our social intent. Nigerians forgive quickly and forget easily, you know. we, We don't really keep, a lot of Nigerians don't keep up with history. You know, So even after he has done all of this, I will tell you sincerely when it comes to the time of election, people will hardly remember that there was a time he did this and did that wrong. There are plenty of things that people would have looked at during this past election about a lot of candidates not to even vote them because of some of their antecedents because of some of the things they had done wrong or some of the decisions they had taken that were not palatable or were not good for the gener- generality of the public but people don't really think about that when it comes to politics sometimes in this country it surprises me they vote people without antecedents without any good record you check their records and you see there is nothing to hold water about you know you you see the elected office holders in nigeria you count just a few maybe 20 percent that have integrity that have records that are impeccable that you think they should be in government offices so what i'm saying is that history will hold this but can we abide by history that's another thing. So history will hold it. History is unforgiving. It's there. But would Nigerians remember that at some point, uh, Asiwaju made this kind of dreaded mistakes that almost put Nigeria on the on brink of war with the, with the uh, sub-Saharan Sahel, uh, Francophonic countries. Would people think like that? I don't know. I hardly think Nigerians think that long and hold that long. But I'm saying this, though. There are a few Nigerians that are still remembering things that can still read, can still remember and it will hurt him if he continues doing this kind of decision it will hurt him. But the good thing is that he has a chance. He's doing all these decisions in the very beginning of his tenure, so possibly going down the lane the next uh, three, four, uh, and the fourth year, we may see a lot of changes. He may adjust and not make such kind of decisions. Some people may say he he was just excited. He was just coming into office newly. He didn't get the ropes. He didn't. You know, we heard this in the past politics when people were saying that I spent four years learning the ropes. Now I know the ropes. It's time to now go without mistakes. People will tell you that the entire four years I was learning. Now I'm, I've learned, I need to go forward. So he can, he can tag this and say, it was my first 100 days. People have a culture of 100 days. I don't know what it is. People say 100 days of governance is when you test. It's a litmus test for the government. So he might said I, I had my 100 days to, to test things, and I made some mistakes, and I'm going to adjust from the mistakes, and I'm going to go forward without doing those mistakes. So we can't preempt him now. It would rather be too early to say if um, – if he's going to uh, be able to uh, have a very good rapport or have a good omen with people in, in the next coming election. Mm-hmm. But apparently, even the accusation is going around. I was talking with some intellectual, uh, um, uh, some, some people who think deeply and we're analyzing the, the cabinet that he's about to set up. And the nomination of his uh, ministerial people indicates to some people that he's beginning to work his ways for the next election
4: uh, th- Thankfully you have mentioned that Do you think the problem that we we'll Found ourselves in right now in Nigeria These guys are capable of Providing the right support To Ashwa Jibola In order to settle it And perhaps would you have wanted for him Before even setting up a cabinet To look at some of the brains behind the failed subsidiary removal under Jonathan Some of those initiatives To help him quickly steady the ship of the Economy you know, before perhaps setting his cabinet, would that have sounded more like dropping his pride? Or, you know, I don't know. What do you make of the ego of a president?
3: That's what I'm saying. I said it earlier here, and I'm repeating it again. The strength of any leader is his vulnerability. When you come into the throne on the mantle that you're going to lead people, and you're coming from the point or from the stance of, I know all, you will fail. But when you come from the stance of, how do we make this work? You possibly will succeed. So I... Apparently you could see that Tinibu was not very critical about looking into where he's short-faulted or he's short-sighted or his arms could not reach to find the people that could work on him before he made the pronouncement of the of the subsidy and he did the same before he made the pronouncement of the of the for going to uh, Niger I did not believe that Tinibu had consulted with all the generals in Nigeria it, people like Yakubu Gowon who is still alive who had fought so many wars Babangida for example even the Obasanjo these are uh, military military Generals, that you should have maybe asked them Or talk with them before you, you take this Rational action even though you still Have uh, the chief of army staff chief of defense Staff they are there already you can talk to them And I wouldn't believe that the chief of Army staff would tell him that the first step to take The very first step to take is to invade a country They would have told him different So I do not know if he's listening to them Or he's acting base of what he's thinking The thing about his cabinet is I don't I'm not sure That the. I, I, let me say this well I believe they have the right, the ability to be able to deliver. The problem is do they have the willingness to deliver? The ability stands a different place from the willingness. The thing with us in Nigeria is we are very smart people. We are intellectually gifted. We can make things happen if we choose to put our integrity in place to make it happen. So the problem is are they patriotic enough to put in everything on the table to make these things happen? Because I would tell you, some of those people that I mentioned there have done some things that you cannot take away from them. As controversial as, uh, 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 what's his name? Erufay? Um, no, no, the, the man from the south. Um, Tuh- t- t- Fashola. Fashola, as controversial as uh, uh, Wike is. Yeah, Wike. Okay. Wike has done a lot to the people. He, he had made, I mean, he built maybe 12 overhead bridges and all of that within the span of one tenor. He did a lot of work to the people uh, structurally there was a lot of infrastructural development to the people that he did at least if you make that one a minister of works and he put that to nigeria we will have some significant impact you know but can he do the same can he repeat the same will he be willing will he be the office of a governor though is different from office of a minister it's difficult when you are a minister you answer to someone when you are a governor you, people answer to you You are the chief executive, but when you're a minister, you always suggest, you always propose and suggest things and lobby for the president to do those things you do. You are guided by civil servants, the the PRAMSEC and the other people and the DPMs and other people, the secretary and the people at your own unit. And then you are now being directed by the president. So you are like the, the butter between the bread. So it's difficult for a chief executive to come back and start being a minister? Can they be humble enough to be, to be patient? To so- you can see how Fashola did very well in Lagos when he was a governor, but I do not think he has the same impact when he, he became a minister. He didn't have the same impact because there are different offices. The operandi is different. So now you have these people whom he has put in place prospectively to be uh, ministers. I see that... He tried to mix a mix of younger people and some kind of uh, older heads to put together to see if he can make chances. But we were still frowning. A lot of us are still thinking that there are still some people in the cabinet that they shouldn't be there. There are some people that are recycled that we think is too much to recycle these people. Maybe we should have tried uh, different people that are smart that are, have good integrity, that are not necessarily recycled. Let me, let me say this. I'm holding a brief now for maybe Obasanjo, for example. Obasanjo introduced people to the Nigerian uh, governance that we never knew before. Like for me, for instance, I never knew Okonjo o- o- Owela. I-, I never knew Dora. I never knew Frank Mwakejino. I never knew all these people. Buhari, for some reason, um, sorry, or, or for some reason, was able to find these people and introduce them to the system, and they did significantly well. So there are really credible, smart people out there that we have in Nigeria that we can bring into the system and work them. We don't have to repeat and recircle these people. When you begin to recircle, it's showing as if there is gratitude That you're doing You know all this political gratification Like this person has done too much Has done a lot to the campaigns He has done a lot during the campaigns I need to like kind of compensate him I need mm-hmm. to like give him something As a point mm-hmm. of gratitude So it's like political gratification Right. When you do that We feel like you're doing Political gratification Rather right. than finding the right people To put in the office okay. And with political gratification We do not necessarily see That the country is first We all see right. that it is about the politics Let's It's about your your space and how you want to grow your politics. So if he goes by political gratification, I I think he will fail.
2: Right. We've been having a chat with Honorable Daniel Asama and we're looking at analyzing the state of the nation address of Pastor Tundi Bakari. You know, yesterday he said that the president is impulsive, point blank, that's what he said. He's that word impulsive. And we're analyzing, you know, that uh, state of the nation address. You can join the conversation with us, we love to hear from you 081-21-877-7777. or you call 09055666699. Don't forget to turn down the volume of your radio before calling.
4: Or go to JFM at www.jfmlife and drop your comments and on Twitter at JFMJaws. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Hello, good
2: evening. Hello Hello, good evening. Hello Hello, good evening. Hello.
1: Hello, good evening.
2: Hello, okay. Hello, and good evening.
5: Hello, good evening, Portas and our gate. Hello, good evening, Portas and our gate. Can you hear me? Hello, good evening.
2: All right, uh, zero eight. Well, maybe Gilbert, you have us take uh, some comment on uh Facebook.
4: All right, on Facebook, Dimas Balas says, You can't drip what you did not so. This is what we saw, and this is what okay, this is what we sowed and this it is what we're reaping. Here is a question. Who is to blame between someone who voted for a bad leader and is expecting good result and someone who got to political office by all means? Albert Akaya Daxa says, until things start changing for the better in Nigeria, impulse will be praise song, okay, praise singing the bad administration. We shouldn't continue like this. Things shouldn't keep getting Worse by the day. A drastic action needs to be taken by President Bola Tinubu to put smiles on the faces of Nigerians. I can't agree more with Pastor Bakari. The out factors go on. It says what I understand with Nigerians, both the pastors and the politicians, is that when the table shakes, at their opposite side they make noise. May God expose them. Martins Cassidy says indeed Pastor Tunde Bakari spoke the minds of 100 million Nigerians who are langu who are languishing in the pain and hardship that this current administration has added and is still adding upon them. Steve Zulong says, I agree with the fact that Pastor Tundebaker is speaking the minds of Nigerians. Bad style of leadership is impulsive. He should watch out and tread with care on Nigeria issue and even subsidy issue. I come in peace. Moses Jeremiah says to me, The pastor spoke for himself. Peter Bali says, "I really don't think Pastor Tunde Bakari is not in any sense seeking for relevance, but he is known for speaking the truth and standing with the people of this country based on the hardship they are currently passing through." Ambassador Joachim Joseph Dung says, "Nigerians are really having a rough time, while our leaders who claim to be servants are swimming in money without empathy on the common man." Nen Dungbam says, Tunde, "Pastor Tunde Bakari has said his." But what has the president said? Does it hold water? But has failed his voters and he is faithfully trying to cause problems in Africa concerning the issue in Nigeria Republic.
2: Well let's go to the phone lines and take our phone calls. Hello.
0: Hello, good evening. Thank, thank you for five yeah, uh, do not answer. Good evening to do that and uh, you're just there.
2: Thank you for calling. Um,
0: you see the problem I don't know, maybe it might shock anybody what I'm saying now, saying now, I've said now or that been saying it. Well, I don't know if you have ever heard it. The way uh, President Sunibu removed that subsidy thing, it wasn't in that state. That was the only way to remove that subsidy. If, I say if you say you should start negotiating before removing it, it will never be removed. The only place I fault him is, when that the period before he's swearing in, he would have used it to fashion out how, I mean, uh, in, in, in what he would do to cushion it that, that time he would have done it so it would have been there as a template then he made that pronounce uh, in a surprising manner to everybody on our way because that's the only way to remove it pull the bull by the horn then that's what will happen but he gave a lot of gap and then on top of it they are not ready to sacrifice yeah, here they are my uh, money for bulletproof uh, you know myopic bulletproof, bulletproof you don't know that your are that, that you're governing if they are annoyed that bulletproof cannot save you I think they'll be there twenty-four hours. You know, that's I don't know. I and mean, then again, another thing is um, market forces. You should remember, you should know that every country economy is different and cannot be left to market forces. In Western times, they are not uh, they are not as corrupt as us. There are other variables like insecurity, electricity power supply, and so on, which has made the business environment in Nigeria very harsh. So in this case, now. You cannot uh, uh, allow uh, market forces to be driving the economy. When you hear, when you see that there's a problem, there's what they call market failures in, in, in economies. You now, you know, bridge, uh, close the gap and not allow people to be suffering like the way they're suffering. Then I heard the one person was saying that when the, the NSC, they're saying that the, the least amount is $200. The least amount, that $200 is not even the issue. Yeah, at the end of the day, cannot the potential power the Naira has fallen. You know, it, will not, it will not make any will What have the state? So it's not even that one that the issue. Let them and think that those refineries. The refineries are not working because of sabotage. It's not as if there's anything wrong much with that refinery. Uh, a petroleum expert has told us on Radio Nigeria program that I participated on that it is sabotage that is holding it. All the same, let's not Nigeria it shall be well. So
2: thank you, thank you, thank you, Madam, Madam. Thank you for that comment. Hello. Hello. Okay, zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Or call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Hello, good evening. Thank you for, for calling. calling. <laughs> turn Hello, down, Mr. Yeah, thank you for calling. Could you turn down the volume of your radio, please? We can hear you. Okay. Hello and good evening. Hello? Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Hope it works. Hello, good evening. Thank Hello. you
5: for calling. Well, I want to comment to your guest. Are talking to you have spoken. to well. name. name is I'm coming from Old Park.
2: Thank you, Zero. we listen to
5: you. Well, just like what your guest said that way, you easily forget and easily forgive. And which is quite unfortunate. Maybe that is what giving people more to promote way they feel like. Now, what we said that time that good luck Jonathan, since good luck Jonathan came from the minority side. That was why they were protesting all over that time. Because if not, what Buhari and Sigo are doing now, it calls for protest all over the nation. They see simply because they are the majority of what nobody's even saying anything. The country is just silent. There's nobody to speak. They're doing good luck. Good luck brought solutions are yes. We're hmm? seeing yes it is protested and make sure that they brought him out of office. This is quite unfortunate. I don't always, that this next coming election, they will use this to punish all these leaders. It's so annoying. There is nobody that is speaking for the masses. They are there and joining themselves instead of them to do the sacrifice. They are putting the burden on we, the common masses. Quite unfortunate.
2: Thank you, thank you. Well, this will be the last call on the show. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. Anytime I say last, it doesn't work So uh, I'm going to change my mind uh, Any call that comes in Maybe we're going to take the call after that But let's try this Hello
5: Hello, good, uh, good evening Mr. Ponsak Thank,
1: Thank you just in the studio.
2: Thank you for calling Tell us your name please
1: yeah, My name is Pam Kim I'm calling you from Bukuru Express
2: Please go ahead, thanks I'm for calling, calling
1: sir for calling. Thank you Mr. Ponsak uh, the issue of Nigeria is beyond human imagination. Because Nigerian leaders should learn to govern well. Because I am sympathizing with the poor citizens of Nigeria as they are experiencing hardship. I am watching when Nigerian masses will go to the to streets to protest all over, to inform the government that enough is enough in this country. If Nigerian leaders will look at the area to remember when they started before they became what they are today, I don't think Nigeria, when sugar was one thirty during good luck, today sugar is one thousand six hundred. How can you survive with children? Is it the increment of salary will be the solution of the problem in Nigeria? What are those people that they are not working? Their names are not on the payroll of the government you say what that's why we told us that he has never seen a person that have done well like this the Namadu during his campaign last year that if he became president he will consolidate on what warrior has done what has he done for goodness sake that means we have not seen the suffering yeah well it thank now you that we are going to see more than that thank you very much may god help us
2: amen thank you well
3: uh mr Asama, I mean you heard that was very passionate You hear in the voice of this man. I mean, it's it's not easy. People are going through a lot. Mm -hmm. People see like, let me reiterate this before our time is out. Nobody frowns at removal of subsidy. Mm-hmm. Whether you remove subsidy or you do not remove subsidy is still okay. Government can still function. With subsidy, it's a good thing. Without subsidy, it's a good thing. It's just the management of the system. We are troubled in Nigeria because we have terrible management. We have terrible implementation. So what we're saying is that we're not frowning that thing will remove subsidy. But what were the things that he had laid in place to cushion the effect of the removal of the subsidy? If you had nothing like that, you would have left the subsidy there. All we were saying is How I don't know What they were thinking You could not manage Management, A few yeah. people Who are Siphoning money For subsidy And you think You can manage Governors Who have immunity that's not right That's right. not right Of the way of thinking I even have a different uh, That there's a different angle That a, ho- a whole people Who they, they even are saying That they didn't even Give us subsidy In the first place Even those people That are being accused That we, we are giving subsidy To oil marketers The oil marketers Now are coming over And saying What oil marketers Are you talking about We've never seen any subsidy mm. In the first place So it became A political weapon That just uh, uh, Different tenors Are using For people To manipulate mm. people And do things like that So
2: Thank you it's,
3: it's, it's a bad situation. I yeah. really am frowning at the fact that the subsidy is removed without any cushioning of the effect. And I do not believe that the governors are going to be the reason that you're going to remove this and put it in the hands of governors. How about if the governor did not give it to the people? What yeah. happens?
2: Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Interesting analysis as always. Uh, for me, one thing I love about your analysis at the heart of it is human beings. Yeah. Uh, it's very it, is, it is
3: all about us. human beings, uh, Ponsac yeah. is about Okay, I will always say this. Every time I have an opportunity to be on air, I will say this and I will say this again and again. It is not about the policies, it's not about the government, it's not about the system, it's about the people implementing the system. Yeah. We need a paradigm shift. Nigerians need to be patriotic. Yeah. We need to understand that there is a country to be kept.
2: Yeah. Well, Gilbert, you find out what it's like you, ha- you have <laughs> some
4: uh, information no, for us. No, absolutely. I, I was just marveled at the fact that someone is looking at the next election already to vote out bad leaders. <laughs> yeah. It shows, you know, how downhill the economy has. People have to do something, especially our leaders who are responsible for the people, for the citizens. Mm-hmm. And they have sworn an oath to protect lives and livelihoods and, you know, to provide good um, living conditions for people. Good evening.
2: Yeah, well, here's an information that we'll need to fact check, uh, but I'm afraid that, okay, it's uh, confirmed, Gilbert, oh, that... Oh, uh, the new police commissioner has uh, ordered for the reopening of uh, LGAs finally yeah finally. on civilian government uh, LGAs in plateau state we're going to give you this uh, breaking news and more just follow us on JFM this is the only place you can get timely accurate information for you to take a decision my name is Ponsak Vanap thank you very much honorable dany asama Welcome. do I have a good evening bye now <music>